This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, it's David Avern with the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. You know, as, as we all know, marketing has changed. Messaging and gaining publicity for your brand has changed dramatically in the digital age. You know, and yesteryear, getting publicity for your business involves sending press releases to the big three TV networks or the big three or four newspapers and hoping to catch Oprah's attention. My God, the world has changed. My guest today is Jenny Dietrich. She's the creative and strategic mind behind Spin Sucks, a strategic consulting firm helping to solve complex corporate communication challenges. This is right up my alley. We are talking about why spin sucks with PR icon, Jenny Dietrich. It's David Averin on the Customer Experience Advantage podcast back in 20 seconds. You're listening to the Customer Experience Advantage podcast with David Averin, featuring candid conversations with some of the most influential leaders in business today. Sit back and listen in or feel free to watch the video version online. This is the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast, and here's David Averin. Welcome to the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast. I'm David Averin. If you want to watch the video version, go to my website, go to the YouTube channel, go to davidaverin.com slash podcast, I think it is. Anyway, it's, it's near the top. Um, I'm thrilled today to talk to, to Jenny Dietrich. She is, uh, has been, I don't think she wants me to call her an icon because she thinks it makes her sound old. And if you can see the video version, she's got great hair. She is not at all old, but um, but I've I've we've known each other for a long time, and we a did a lot time. of work in the Vistage world and things as well. But freaking brilliant! Um, you know, we have a lot of the same background. My background, I, I don't know that a lot of people know this was in was in PR. I spent a lot of years pitching clients, getting them on on all the major networks and everything else. And I actually, had a client on Oprah, and I got her on Oprah because I got her on. Good Morning America and somebody from Harvard ah. there. So I used to tell people all the time, I said, you want to get on Oprah, which of course is all passe now because she's right. long gone. Not long um, but gone, that was yeah. that was the holy grail at the time. I said, you want to get on Oprah, get your client on one of the other big networks. They don't want, they don't want to discover people. They want somebody who's already on their way up for whatever. All right, no more Oprah. Um, let me, I'll give you a quick introduction to Ginny and then we'll, we'll jump into all of this. She is the founder and CEO of Armand Dietrich, which is a digital marketing communications firm offering alternatives to traditional marketing. She is best known by so many people as the author of Spin Sucks, and she's got a blog and a wonderful online community of other professionals who are learning together. And she, she teaches other PR and marketing people to be better at what they do. Um, <laughs> and there are so many people who are not very good at what they do. Uh, and so I think that's really important. But what's really important, what we want to talk about today is how much has changed. Mm -hmm. My God, the world is so different. And what's effective today is phenomenally different. So yeah. anyway, welcome, Ginny. Welcome. Thank to you. Program. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm so glad to be here. I feel like I'm coming home. <laughs> it is. I, I well, well, you do this, of course, as well. And um, I was I was recalling with with Jenny before we went on air that uh, the last time I saw her, I literally had run into her in a lobby of a hotel in Chicago after I had driven all night long because my plane got diverted. I had a speaking gig, and I can say in twenty plus years of of speaking, I've never missed 
a scheduled speaking gig. Um, and four times I've driven all night oh, geez, together and then times. show up, of course, like in my jean <laughs> and a t-shirt saying, it's great to be here. Had my luggage actually arrived as well, it would be even better. <laughs> but they like that. Yeah, they, no, they, especially they, that group that nobody, right. nobody cares. Yeah. They think it's really fun. So, so talk to me a little bit about, um, talk to all of us about where we've been to give us perspective of where we are today. Because it is Oof. sure it's more difficult, but the opportunities and the vehicles and the venues to promote your brand and your message are astronomically bigger, but the competition uh, is, is pretty fierce as well. So take us back to yesteryear and <laughs> talk us through the transition to where we are today. I love to tell the story of when I started my career and we would be pitching media. So we had a big product campaign launch or some, some new feature launching or something like that, we would plan out our, our media relations campaigns. And there was no Google. There was no going to a media outlet's website to figure out who reported it on cranberry juice. You had to pull down out of the library these great big thick Bacon's books. They were green. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the Bacon, mm -hmm. the green yeah. one. Yep. And then you'd go and you'd say, okay, you'd go to, to the F and look for food or food and beverage. And you would copy all the pages because you couldn't keep the Bacon's books out of the library for very long, copy all the pages, put the, the book back. And then you'd go back to your office and you would start making phone calls, making phone calls. Right. And, and reporters would actually pick up the phone. <laughs> and that's how we started. Like, that's how I started my career. And Anytime that you discovered that somebody had left, you would go back to the Bacon's book and you would annotate in the um, on the side of the note to say, okay, so-and-so is no longer there, but this person has taken over and here's his or her information. So that right. has- And then every year we had to go back because it all had changed. All of it. And the people yes. had moved as well. And for clarification, um, and I am remiss and not, uh, you have worked with major brands such as Ocean Spray, Sprint, Denny's, GE, Abbott and others as well. So um, you know where you're coming from, but it was very different in yesteryear. Very different. Yeah. 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 I mean, kids so, today have so have it so easy. All they have to do yeah. is go food and beverage reporter. Well, I remember we were we were kids. If you didn't know how to spell something, you'd be like, Mom, how do you spell <laughs> campaign? And mom would say, look it up in the dictionary. Yeah. Dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of things as well. So talk about the, the monumental shift. And I know you address this in your book, um, Spin Sucks, but this monumental, monumental shift to digital and what that meant in terms of challenges and opportunities and where we are today. Sure. The I think the big shift was probably in that 2000 seven to 2010, maybe 2011 range, um, because we had several things happen. We had the Great Recession, which took a lot of businesses either out of doing communications altogether or, or scaling way back. Right. Um, we had Twitter that became a household name. We had Facebook go from universities into corporations, LinkedIn launched. So there was all of this stuff. Um, companies began to understand that they could do this newfangled thing called blogging and actually tell their own story without relying on editors, reporters to do that for us. And so there was all of this stuff that was happening at the same time. And because it happened at the same time as the Great Recession, it gave organizations and business leaders the opportunity to say, okay, what can we do with all of this now and how will it help us grow in the future? But with any new medium, it's immediately either well, not either. It's all sort of simultaneously. It's done poorly. Sure. Right? And it was the difference between 
um, selling on social media and sharing on social media. And that became sure. sort of a, a mind shift. But then it's also abused and taken over oh, sure. by, yeah. by everything from spam, which in my day was um, a, a, a luncheon meat made up of, of poor pork products. Um, and then, um, right. <laughs> uh, but, but, but then also the nefarious forces, the scammers, the pornography and all of those things as well. Um, what was the, the magic formula that you arrived at early on to cut through some of the clutter and what's working well today? So we, we actually really looked at one of the challenges that, that I had in my business as a PR firm was we had these peaks and valleys and you could get on GMA and then be on Oprah and then you'd have could easily have six months of nothing. And when you're working with with business leaders, that's not okay. They don't like that. They're like, wait, I just went from Good Morning America and Oprah to not having anything. So there's these peaks and valleys that happen um, when you're doing just media relations. And the reason I I really took a hold of this for my own business and then um, wrote a book about it and all that is that it gave us the opportunity to smooth out those valleys. So you have a big piece on Good Morning America and then Oprah gets a hold of it. And then in today's age, you would take that and you would repurpose the heck out of it. You would do blog posts and you would do social and you do some paid campaigns. You might do some um, email marketing and some conversion rate optimization on landing pages and things like that. You would combine it all together in a, in a really big integrated campaign. So it gives you that opportunity to, to not have the peaks and valleys, but just have a nice good cadence of brand awareness and lead generation. Well, that's what we're seeing a lot is, is content used to be episodic. It happened right. and then right. it was done. Right. And even in the days of the old Burrell's loose, where we would do the press clippings, which physically were people <laughs> cutting out, right? right? And then we would do do what we call the weight <laughs> measurement of public relations, where we would go back to the client and say, look at all the clips and then mm -hmm. try and extrapolate in some BS kind of a way in terms of what those impressions actually meant. Correct. Um, I remember there's an old line in marketing that the people used to say, I know that half of my, my advertising dollars are wasted. I just don't know which half. Correct. Right? Yeah. Today, we know exactly, don't we? And so that episodic content has become, um, we can turn that into campaigns. Talk to us Correct. about the state yep. of all yep. of that as well. And how some of the best companies and the ones that you work with are, are doing this well. Uh, it's not about, you know, we got that hit and how long can we write it? It's as we create, as you had sort of mentioned, people creating their own content and our own channels for distribution, but that has a shelf life that can be amazing. So I'm going to give you a really good example that just happened. Um, <laughs> we have a client that uh, Ripken Baseball is one of their partners and Ripken just opened, they have several um, fields in Aberdeen, Maryland that look, that are replicas of actual fields. So they just sure. opened two new fields, one, um, Oh, shoot, it's going to escape me now. One for Citibank, which I think it's Pittsburgh. Uh, well, I'm not a baseball I person. I'm, in, I'm, um, I'm going to sacrifice my man card because I don't really Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I, I should know this off the top of my head, I, and I don't. But they opened two new fields that are replicas and did, did a ribbon cutting. So I sent the client, the CEO of the, the client's business, um, a customer service person, and then I sent our videographer and our social media person. And they all went to the ribbon cutting and as part of this, I discovered that Jeff Mayer, who is the now man who ruined game one of the World Series in um, Baltimore with the ball between the Orioles and the Yankees in 1996, he caught the ball. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. He reached mm -hmm. over the wall. He did. Yeah, I remember that. 
Well, Jeff Mayer is now a 36-year-old man with three kids, and he works for my client's organization. So I had him two days before I had him record a video, just not his face or anything, just talking about the importance of Ripken's um, baseball experience and that he has sent his sons there. And then the CEO showed that video to Cal Ripken Jr. and said, do you know who this is? And he was like, no. And he said, it's Jeff Mayer. And like the, the whole reaction. And then Cal Ripken says on video, I forgive you. It wasn't really you. It was the, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that's great. great. Right. That it's great. fantastic. We are going to use the crap out of that. Like we've sent it to all the Baltimore media. We've sent it to all the big sports stations. We have all of this footage. That's really great. We'll use it on social. We've already used it on social. We'll continue. We've used it on the blog. Like we're continuing to use that in a really interesting way because I mean, that's not going to happen for every organization. And sure. I had no idea that but, this but guy a creative there, mind, right? Yeah, creative mind finds that, mines right. those opportunities right. and milks right. the crap out of them. Milks the crap out of it. <laughs> right. yeah. But but this is this is one of the things that I think you're very good at. And, and I'm and I'm sucking up a little bit, mostly just because I like you a lot. Um, <laughs> is that is that you understand all the differences. Back in our day, we had paid media, which was advertising, right? And then what people mistakenly called free publicity, right? right? Well, free publicity right. is free if it happens organically, which wasn't even a term at the time, but you're paying for a firm, you're paying for people. And for right. Not, there's nothing that's free. <laughs> there's no, uh, it's not free. Right. You know, and so, but it's grown, right? With paid media and earned media and all of those as well. You've created a process that you call PESO with the P-E-S-O. Take us through all of that, because what I think is so brilliant about it is it really helps to sort of demystify all the different ways you can take a, a concept or content or brand and all the different channels to maximize the exposure. Take us through what that is. So I was talking about those peaks and valleys earlier. And really, it used to be that we would go out and we would pitch some media and then that was it. And now we have the opportunity to say, okay, like I said, we can we can replicate that or we can reproduce or repurpose in all different places. So when I was writing Spin Sucks the book, I talked about this process that we used internally and it didn't have a name yet. Um, and and I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't formulated with like a graphic and a name and copyright and Which all that. Which is how you was, did what you did. Right. It's just right. what we did. Right. And I had a brilliant publisher who, after the first draft, said to me, we need a name for this and we need an image to go along with it. So I went on to Upwork and I hired a designer and he created this image for me. Like it was not. <laughs> but it turns out that a couple of things. Number one, PESO stands for paid, earned, shared, and owned. And so say it again slowly for those who are listening. Paid, sorry, paid, earned, shared, and owned. So you have paid media. And we're not talking about Super Bowl ads and billboards and things like that. We're talking sure. about boosting content. We're talking, you know, things that communicators would be responsible for. Boosting content, native advertising, the advertorials of old that are now sponsored content, those kinds of things. Sure. Earned, earned is the media relations. We're earning the opportunity to have somebody else sort of give us that rubber stamp. Right. By being persuasive that the story that we are pitching is of value to that outlet and their Correct. audience yes. that is earned. We earn it through our persuasion. Yes. yes. Shared is social. Um, and then owned is content. So when you think about it from an integrated perspective and you look at it all together, you start to understand that you're not just doing one thing. You're not just pitching media. You're not just writing a blog post. You're not just doing this video with Cal Ripken and that's it. You're doing that and then using the other media types to help promote it. 
So one of the, the things that people say to me all the time is, but you wouldn't really start with paid. And that's true. Um, but when we were naming the model, what usually you would start with owned and then go to shared or earned and then paid. But OSP is harder to remember or OS. Asp, like I can't starting even starting with a con constant helps. <laughs> right. Yeah. It does help. Yeah. Um, so usually you do start with with owned content. So just like in the Ripken ex uh, example I gave you, we own that content. We created that content. And now we're using earned media to give it that third party credibility stamp to say, this was kind of cool. We're using social to promote and amplify it. And then we're using paid to give it a boost to get to new audiences. So it starts to work together and integrate it in a way that we've never been able to do. So when you have a, a story idea, you've got a client who has something to promote, a brand to build and, and some of the more current vernacular, where do you start? as part of that, that, that acronym, or is it, let's be clear who needs to hear what it is you're promoting and how do you take them through a process that they understand it better? Yeah, usually we'll start with um, objectives and key results. We'll look at KPIs, you know, what are the metrics that we have to do? Who is it that we're talking to? Do you have brand personas? And if you do, who are they and how do we approach that? Uh, one of the things we learned recently with a client is that they were calling their audience something different than what the audience calls themselves. Nobody knew that. And as part of this process of us asking questions, it was uncovered. So we go through all of that and then we start the PESA model program. So you do all of your research and your planning and your objective building and your metrics and all that. And then you create the PESA model program. And for, for us, we do mostly SaaS businesses. So sure. we almost always start with owned. We always start with the content piece and then build the rest of it out. Yeah. Um, you know, when you were talking about the, um, that what they're searching for, and sometimes there's a disconnect. Uh, and that's one of those things that is really foundational. Uh, so much of what we think as business owners <laughs> makes us special isn't, you know, and the thing that I laugh all the time is I, I work with organizations and they say, what's your big competitive advantage? And, uh, and they'll say, first and foremost, it's quality, you know, and, and, and I'm like, so you're saying your competitors don't have quality, right? You know, or, or at the beginning of the day, it's about quality. And I'm like, I think at the, or at the end of the day, it's about quality. I'm like, no, I think quality is the entry fee. The, at, at the beginning of the day, it's, 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 it's quality. At the end of the day, it's competitive advantage. Right. What they think that people are looking for is them. And what they're looking for, of course, is the problem that they have. And that so there is yes. that, that yep. disconnect. Yep. Let's, go, let's go back to the owned media. And so this is one that I think, I think many organizations, some of the smaller businesses have yet to really understand. Back in the day, it will take us back to yesteryear, we pitched to try and get our content, our client on somebody else's channel, at, which at the time was a physical channel that yep. you clicked on the dial. And so today we create our own channels, don't we? We can have our own YouTube channel. So when we're talking about owned content, it's content that we create that we can distribute through our own networks, our own channels and others as well. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, and I, I wanna be, I, I, I think people start to get a little frustrated at this point because when we talk about owned content, we're talking about the content that we've created that lives in a, and is distributed through something that we own. So through our website, through our blog, through our email marketing, those things where we're using the other media types, such as social shared, earned and, and paid is we're now using other 
distribution channels are things that we don't own. So I always like to start, and especially for a small business, you don't want to create all this content and then put it on Facebook and LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok or wherever it happens to be, or YouTube. And then one day wake up to learn that that business has gone out of business and all of your content went with, went with right. it. And that has happened. It happened. And your audience and your subscribers. And your audience and your yeah. audience. I yes. just, I talked, I talked last week I, <laughs> in my podcast, I had a gentleman who was in the cannabis industry and had done a lot of things through LinkedIn. And then all of a sudden it got shut down. And so they've created their own through LeafWire, uh, their own ecosystem for yep. conversation within that industry. But yeah, on rented, putting your content on rented land is a real Stress. challenge. It doesn't it's mean we ignore challenge. it. It doesn't right, mean right, we ignore right, it. So that's, right. the, that's the S part, right? Of, of right. That's the social right. part. Yeah. The owned is really important and it will be more so moving forward. Yeah. And I think a lot of small businesses have this inclination to say, oh, okay, well, I can just build something on Facebook because it has an e-commerce platform and I can just do that and it's fine. But, and it's probably fine for now, but Facebook may not be around forever. I mean, the, the issues that they're going through from a government perspective, a global government perspective, right. it could mean that they could be shut down and then your online stores too. That's not good. Yeah. Oh, I had, I had a major um, MySpace presence and <laughs> actually not true. You know, it's funny. My first, my first book, it's not who, you know, it's who knows you, which is strategically located next to my head. Um, of course. Yes. In the, in the chapter, because it's, it's an old book. Now um, there was a whole chapter on, on MySpace. And so That's when funny. I came up with my updated version, I just, just threw away that took that out. Yeah. But I think you're right. But it doesn't mean that some of these channels um, because that's where the people are, are certainly of great value. You cannot also just solely put things on own space. When people post things on their, on their website and nobody's going to their website, it's not an either or, is it? It's an and, it is an not. and, and an ant. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just literally right before you and I started talking, I had a conversation with a colleague and she said, well, I just don't know if we have to stress about it because people aren't coming to our blog every day and, and clicking to see what we've published. And I was like, no, but they're getting it in the email, which has a really high click through rate and they're seeing it on social. And, and she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's not it's it's not just publishing it on the blog or the website. It's publishing it and then just distributing it in all the different places. Well, but the other thing is, uh, and I'd love you to talk a, bit, a little bit about this, but there's a lifespan. I mean, there, there is, it, it, it is, I used to have this, this line, I used to say that I, I tell my kids who are no longer kids and their friends, I say, be careful about what you post. Because I, I'd ask them, you know, the difference between love and the internet, the internet is forever. And ever it's hor who says and that? ever and who ever. says it that is a cynical <laughs> bitter, that is I'm a using bitter that. thing using to that. say to, to my kids but the reality that. is it is right it is whether it's right. whether it's the offensive comment we used to in our day even early on with email it's like take a deep breath right sit on it for a day before you hit send well, now it's instantaneous. It's like, oh, really? It's son of a bit. And I mean, they're going to respond. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. You, you think that level of crispness of bacon? You're choosing <laughs> C? My God, it's D. What an idiot. <laughs> Who it's cares how crisp your bacon? That, that's that's right. not as a cheap way of getting likes. But, um, but the longevity of it from a negative perspective, but certainly from a positive, um, many of us are finding that we're getting gigs, whatever gig looks like to, to the audience, 
from somebody who saw something that you posted or shared years ago, but they discovered it because it came up in a search. Yep, that's exactly right. And that that's the, I mean, that's called, it has a name, it's long tail search, search engine optimization. And that's how that's supposed to work. So I also like to go back and with some of that older stuff that has such a great long tail and update it. Like you said, with your book, taking things out that no longer apply, you know, making it, making it more evergreen, updating it. So it's a little more relevant. Um, you know, there was a lot of content that I created during the pandemic that, you know, today needs to be updated. So thinking about that kind of thing, like all of this content you've created, now you can go back and update it and repurpose it with not that much effort. And it's great because you don't have to create something new. You've got something that you can just tweak. We're talking to Ginny, Ginny Dietrich with um, Spin Sucks and also Armand Dietrich, the uh, the firm as well. Um, take us back in a couple minutes we have left. So what was the uh, the genesis for the book title that has turned into this ah. amazing community, blog, podcast, and everything else? I had an intern who said to me, you know, if we're going to try this blogging thing, we should call it Spin Sucks. And I was like, can we do that? And he said, well, that's all you ever say, because, you know, you get on an elevator with somebody and, the, and you ha you, you're on a plane or, you know, at a cocktail reception and people say, what do you do? And you say PR, the inevitable response back is, oh, you're one of those who lies for a living. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I'm not. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have always said that spin sucks and this intern who's brilliant and will always get credit for it was like, no, that's what we, what we should name it. And so we did. <laughs> that's awesome. So who are, who, who do you work with today? Who are the, I mean, you don't have to name specific names, but you had mentioned something about SAS software as a yep. service, um, which is those kinds of organizations. What do you like about those? What kind of, of work are you really gets you up in the morning you love doing today? It's the, it's the best because we work, we work directly with growth-oriented vertical SaaS businesses. And the reason we like that the best is because we can see the work that we're doing have an impact really fast. So we, we know how to do it. We know that we have a really great process. And when it's implemented, you just, I mean, you can see it. You can see it in terms of qualified leads. You can see it in terms of sales conversions. You can see it in revenue. And it, it's, I, I love it. Well, and I think there's something to be said for looking at those growth industries. I used to do a lot of work with sewing machine manufacturers and video cassette recorders. And so there was just a limited and, and camera repair shops. You, you, there's always going to be a limit, right? Is, yeah. <laughs> to those as well. Sewing um, machines. If, if, I was trying to think what else is antiquated. <laughs> and white out. White out. White out. Manufacturers. Typewriters. Yeah, yeah. And payphones, yeah, all of that <laughs> as well. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Spinsucks.com. There you go. Easy breezy. Hang out. Um, we'll talk real quickly on the other side. I'll do my my little um, outro. Look her up. Get involved in the Spin Sucks community. It's great conversations in there as well. You can pick up a copy of my new book behind me here, The Morning Huddle, Powerful Customer Experience Conversations to Wake You Up and Shake You Up and Win More Business and uh, if you want to learn more about the video series, go to themorninghuddle.com. Uh, learn more about that. Be sure to click to like this podcast, subscribe, leave a comment below, click the little bell icon to receive notifications of new episodes. And you can learn more about my keynote speaking and my consulting at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. Leave a comment, 
uh, subscribe. And a big thanks to Jenny Dietrich for being my guest today. I'm David Avern. Be good. This has been the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast with David Avrin. Feel free to leave a comment and be sure to hit the thumbs up button. You can listen to past episodes and be notified of future ones by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. David's popular marketing and customer experience books are available in print as well as Kindle and audiobook and published in multiple languages around the world. You can stay connected and learn more at davidavrin.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.